This is exactly right. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. All right. I think I'm going to start it off this time. No. You know I love it when you do that. It's a new year, it's a new us. It is. New year. Let give it to me. Scotty's first in the new year. Scotty's BB1. New year. Doctors fascinated by man who took over 40,000 ecstasy pills (laughs) (laughs) over nine years. Oh, Oh, man, we are going to have a rolling good time on this New Year's episode of After Dark. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to a brand new episode of Bananas, fresh, spanking new for the new year. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. It's 2023. It's a it's a fresh start, and I thought we could cleanse ourselves by doing a Bananas After Dark. Oh, isn't it nice? And and we're going to be doing a Bananas After Dark with a very special guest. Before we bring that guest out, very... Mm-hmm. Brief, brief announcement. We got something special for all the bananimals. We do. So we used to have all of our mini-sodes behind a paywall for six months. I'm so glad. I wasn't sure what you were talking about, but I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then they would go to the main feed every two weeks. But now they're coming out. They're poking their head out from behind that paywall. And now all of our mini-sodes from now on are going to go to our main feed. But before they start on our main feed, we got to get all this backlog that are still behind the paywall. So every week for the next three months, you will have a mini-sode from approximately six months ago. (laughs) (laughs) So that's right. More content behind. We want it to be 2023, the year of free. We want Bananimals to have as much content as they want. And uh, we'll record some new ones, too. Who knows? Who knows? I honestly think that we maybe get more personal in the minisodes than we do in the, uh, in the main episodes. You be the judge. You go check it out. Now, I'm so excited. We, the first time we ever did a Bananas After Dark, it was we were in the throat of the pandemic. Were we ever? And we, it was with 
probably the most special guest we've ever had on Bananas. I agree. You might know her from NCIS Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You might know her soon from the Apple TV show. We're unsure of the name. But it, it exists. Time? I don't know that they named it. Okay, they don't have a name yet. for it, but they it has don't Brie have a Larson name. in it. Folks. The Brie Larson show. I've heard of her. <laughs> she, she's got an Emmy. She's got an Emmy, and she happens to be my wife. Please welcome to the show, Lauren Cook. So oh, glad. yeah. So happy to be here. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, I'm two drinks in, everybody. It's after Feels dark. Good. It's That's what a Bananas After Dark is, isn't it? Cheers. It's Cheers. the New Year's. The, the ice is... Uh, Jingling. The ice is clinking. I do remember listening to um, driving the first time I ever drove into Vegas. I listened to um, um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the audio tape, because I only had a tape in the car. Did John um, Depp read it? Whoa. Was it a John Depp read? Or this was read before it? the movie. This was just oh. when it was a book. Good so boy. Hunter How S. Thompson you? read it. I was 22 years old. Hunter S. Thompson reads it, and Aww. he's literally, you can just hear the jiggling <laughs> of ice the whole time he's recording. And you can tell when he stopped like a session because he would just start slurring more and more and more, and then it would stop. And then the next, it would just start, like the next chapter would be crisp and clean voiced. <laughs> it's well, really us. great. It's the best that's way to be listen us to tonight. it. We'll see. Yeah, that's going to be us. <laughs> Lauren, how was it shooting in Hawaii? Where, what island were you on? Oahu. 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 Yeah. Yes. Nope. It's funny when people ask that, too, because I feel like people who really know Hawaii have favorite islands and they have yes. islands they prefer or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, put me in any goddamn sewer in Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> I really am happy to be there. I don't <laughs> care. I'm into it no matter what. Um, big fan. Huge fan. But- I love it too. We yeah. shot a show there and we we had to hire a lot of extras and we had one line, we had a one word part. So somebody had to yell beer. They just had to yell the word beer at the end of a wedding. And we had, I don't know, a hundred locals and some people aren't actors and some of them were nervous and they were just like, beer. <laughs> and yeah, some of them really wanted it. And then this dude, Shane, who I will, I'll have to find this guy who ultimately got the job. He's a local guy. He books tons of comedy in Oahu. And he did a take that he yelled beer so loud that we leaned back from our computer. We were like, oh my God. <laughs> And he did it at like 10 takes on set, but it was at a hotel. It was a Turtle Bay hotel. And you could see people coming outside. And he was just yelling beer as loud as he can. So, Shane, if you're a bananimal, I love you, bud. Yeah, beer. Shane. I also like not booking yelling beer. Also, I have not booked multiple one-line parts. <laughs> as a person who has definitely not booked a ton of one-line parts, mm-hmm. I do love a not booking beer. Well, you're like, I'm going to make it different. I want to stand out. I know. Yeah. Uh, God, we just I'm want to do uh, an artistic take on screaming beer. Beer? <laughs> <laughs> got to stand out. You got to have a thing. Yeah. You got to have a thing in this town. Make it your own. <laughs> you know oh, what? Uh, actually, it feel, the fact that with the first time we recorded was during the pandemic, it feels 
a little similar now because Gus has been sick for the last two days. Yeah. So we have been locked in our home yes. dealing with a very sick child, and it feels very, it feels uh, reminiscent of that. So yeah. We yeah. have PTSD. We go back there real quick. Two days is nothing. I mean, two we, days is we nothing. know that, but um, we. <laughs> we have the emotional memory just like really <laughs> close to the surface. <laughs> yeah, well, Kurt and I did the uh, our first bananas live on my deck, right, right smack dab in the middle of the choir, and yeah. we never released that one. And I was trying to remember any of the stories, either news stories or personal stories, and I cannot remember one. And that is really saying something. I can't remember anything <laughs> we talked about whatsoever. <laughs> so. Didn't you bring the the blowy guy yeah we had the we had we had uh, charlie fromage there he was in yeah. the back behind that's us. where he got named i do that, remember that we named yes. him charlie fromage that that was the night we named him charlie fromage and that was just why? such a magical time why is he why? charlie fromage no no oh, i mean you know I, that i well i know it it's it has the french chuck e cheese right it's chuck e cheese okay. yeah, yeah, yeah um but why wasn't it released <laughs> we because people know. paid for it and yeah. we didn't want oh. we didn't know how long the great car would last and we didn't want the people to that just paid for it to feel like, oh, and then they put it out two weeks later. So I just right, right. Yeah. sat back and waited. Right. Yeah. But uh, Katie Levine will have to check out. We'll just have to get a list of the stories because I bet some of those personal stories were pretty fun. I yeah. bet they were pretty personal. Yeah. I, for real. Probably. <laughs> we were emotionally raw at the time. That we was like fair. April 2020. <laughs> we had a bottle of Tito's on the table during the whole show. I'm sure they got raw. Mm-hmm. Speaking of raw, let me mm-hmm. tell you about this one y'all yeah <laughs> wonderluster sent this in wonderluster has said stuff before so thank you so much for being our first story of 2023 this was uh i grabbed this from futurism.com but it was on lots of websites it's a it's a real story uh and it was written by nor al Sibai. so great job nor you are the best in the biz <laughs> so good at what he does or she does i don't know <laughs> Doctors fascinated by man who took 40,000 ecstasy pills and experienced years of terrible symptoms. Years? Years of terrible symptoms? The, wow. the, the line below the title, whatever that's called. The drop head. The, the drop head says he was unable to move for several weeks no, and what? had tunnel vision. <laughs> so wait a second. He took 40,000 40, pills? Yes. Over, over nine, nine years. years. Yes. So every he was really day, good at his record keeping. <laughs> yeah, let's do the math on I'm it. I'm doing the math right now, getting out the calculator. I Kurt's do like doing all right, the math. 40,000 divided by nine equals 4,445 <laughs> pills a year divided by 365 there equals 12, 12 pills a day. 12 ecstasy pills a day. Holy Just and also, for our listeners at home doing the math. That's, I mean, each ecstasy pill lasts four to six hours. Yes. That's amazing. So that means he had to do. Is it a tolerance building thing? It maybe is. I think. I I don't know. Who knows? MDMA. Like it just releases serotonin in the brain, right? So. I mean, I'm I'm really surprised he made it. Nine years. He went nine years. (laughs) Also, at the eight year mark, 
he had to be like, well, I am indestructible. Like, there's no, like, I'm going to do this for forever. Because, yeah. of course, you've been taking 12 pills of ecstasy every day for eight years. Of course, you're just like, well, I'm God. I am finally figured it out. I'm God. Yeah, no bad days over here. Just life is good t-shirts. And I love my wife. Life is good t-shirts. Oh, man. Oh, man. Here it is. There's illicit drug use. And then there's a case of a patient known as Mr. A, who doctors say took more than 40,000 40, ecstasy tablets over the course of nine years. This cautionary tale has been <laughs> become something of an underground legend. Uh, and the, when the story came out in Psychosomatics Journal in 2006, now in new interviews with the iconic uh, British-style magazine The Face, Dr. Christos uh, Kumisidis... We're going to call him Dr. Christos from now on. Uh, <laughs> a psychiatrist who co-authored the case study explains why Dr. Or Mr. A's tale of epic drug use is still so compelling after all these years. Wow. I mean, this is so crazy. So Mr. A's case study is the stuff of pure party mythology from the ages of 21 till 30 years old. <gasps> the, the, yeah, so he wasn't even a fully cooked egg yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The subject took what can only be described as a cu cubic shit ton of MDMA plus whatever <laughs> crap he also might have packed into the pills. Initially, he started out taking five pills every weekend, already a deeply excessive amount for a few years, and then upped the doses to at least 3.5 uh, pills per day for another three years and thereafter took an average of 25 tablets a day for four <gasps> years oh <laughs> my god on the so hour gets, baby so th that answers the question like, there is like a tolerance then right oh yeah and this guy's yes. made of something <laughs> not human yeah we should study his body <laughs> to find out how he was able to do this mr a my god so what interviews with his family yeah also mr x was right there i don't understand why mr x wasn't <laughs> the name chosen yeah yes exactly uh but also don't you want to interview his friends don't yeah, you want to so interview the people who had, to, had to deal with him like interviewing so much. him he'll be so confusing you want the people that like worked with him that were like just What's the guy up? who delivered his mail it was like something's <laughs> going on with that dude just the guy who delivered his ecstasy <laughs> I mean, like, very rich yeah just like Driving i'm coming four times a day every day <laughs> Also, just so everyone knows, Scotty's been wearing this He's, banana hat. It's this, a really special hat. I, it's I a really special hat. Yeah. Whoever sent this, it's got it's like a banana hat that is a little floppy, so yeah. that like the the top flops back and forth. Oh, it's such a. It sort of looks look. like long bangs. Yeah. It, lo it looks like the Robin Long Hood. curtain bangs. It looks like the Robin Hood curtain of banana bangs. hats. Yeah. It's like Farrah Fawcett. It's stunning. It is beautiful is what it is. It's banana, but it's also beauty. Yeah. It's I, fashion, I, but make it banana. That's right. <laughs> A team at St. George's Medical School in London who conducted Mr. A's case study noted in the paper the man was 37, uh, 37 years old at the time they began working with him. But he had quit taking most drugs except for weed seven years prior. So he did all this in his 20s, basically. Wow. Oh, wow. All the same, he continued to experience a number of alarming mental and physical effects after quitting, <sighs> ranging from episodes of tunnel vision, okay, severe panic attacks, recurring anxiety, because, yeah, he had anxiety. He hadn't felt anything in a decade. I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And muscle rigidity. 
that gave way to hallucinations and paranoia. And in the 2006 study, Mr. A said he also experienced short-term memory issues. Yes, he did. And poor <laughs> concentration. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Not surprised, it is incredible Mr. this person knew he was talking to a human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Dr. Kujesus, Kumitsidis, uh, said that they were, um, oh, that this is supposed to be, oh, okay, I see what they're saying here. It has a reputation for being a non-habit-forming drug. But that is not the case. This was if an exceptional case. If you take 40,000 of them, <laughs> turns out it's not great. And that's what we've learned from this. That's it. We don't have any other information because nobody studied MDMA. So that's it's just we know right. if you've taken 40,000 pills, it's bad. It. Yeah. So this is what the doctor says, which is so funny. Quote, this was an exceptional case of high use over a prolonged period of time. Typically, typical use is not every day and not at the amount of tablets he was taking. This is extreme. He was his use was really, really high. <laughs> this is a doctor. I mean, yes. we all do that when we heard 40,000 pounds. I know. I love that. When he went to withdrawals, he was unable to move for several weeks and had tunnel vision. What? He was unable to move for several weeks. Unreal. Um, Although Mr. A was also taking multiple other drugs during his nine years of MDMA use, including cocaine, LSD, and amphetamines, the team said that uh, it was ecstasy (laughs) in particular that gave him his memory issues. How? We don't know. How would you ever know this? This man is a wild card. I bet he comes out. He should write a book if he could remember anything that happened. Uh, Mr. A seemed unsurprisingly to be, quote, very much into the club scene, end quote. (laughs) Of course he was. This reporting is amazing. (laughs) Nor is good. Blah, blah, blah. He was using ecstasy as an antidepressant. End of story. Mm. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. I remember sure, sure. once I went to, I've never told this story. I went to a rave yes, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Heard of it. <laughs> with my brother. I must have oh, been 18. He must have been 16. No, I probably was 19. He must have been 17. Great. And you went to a rave with Wally? I went to a rave with Wally in wow. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Cool. And it was, uh, when I say it was a rave, it was a like a room with like five people in it. Wait, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to, the first time that I met Wally, he just always had CDs. And this was in the, this was not really in the era of CDs. Um, this was, I guess, well, wait, when did we meet? I don't know. This was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Remember we went on the boat and yeah, he had yeah. like three. Well, he had those CDs specifically for that boat because it had a CD player. <laughs> He's a real top 40 kind of a guy. God love him. He's yeah, going right. to be he's so like, mad when he hears this. <laughs> no. But there's no, he, I thought he had pride for that. I don't think so. I don't, he did play Flo Rida over oh. and over and over again. <laughs> I got some, Flo Rida had some hits. I mean, he's, they're all top 40 hits though. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're on a boat, you know, there is a moment where it's like, that's this feels right, you know? Yeah. yeah. Flo Rida knew his audience. He's a yeah. Florida boy. He knew yeah, what he yeah, was yeah. up to. Yeah. <laughs> it is <laughs> boat music. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we went to this rave in Kalamazoo with Wally mm-hmm. and his buddy, Nate. 
And I'm sure I'm the one who instigated it, like being like, we have to do this. And this is probably, <laughs> I mean, this is probably pre-internet for the most part, except for mm. my brother. My brother was always on the internet. Mm. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to buy ecstasy at this rave where there's five people. Smart. So I asked one person, <laughs> they didn't have it. I asked the second person, they didn't have it. I got to the fifth person <laughs> and they sold me a pill and I immediately gleefully took it Yes. It was not ecstasy. <laughs> oh, boy. It was, I don't know, but it t- it felt almost like, because I had done Robitussin when I was a kid. A little robo-tripping, it yeah. It felt like like concentrated Robitussin. Mm-hmm. It oh. was horrifying. So you're just sweating a lot? It No, it's like a nightmare trip. It's like, ro- oh, it's, it's a real nightmare trip. And... Uh, and then I, I don't even rem- like I just went home and then oh my dad had just gotten divorced, <laughs> and he was living in like a divorced dad's house. It's because I was visiting him. I was in Michigan to visit him. Of course. And uh, wow. and he was living in his divorced dad's house, like and it was an apartment complex. We came back while he dropped me off, and then I was sleeping in the living room on a pullout couch. Wait, oh, it was boy. just you and your dad while he went elsewhere. Yeah, while he went to back to live at yeah. he's staying. His mom's mom. house, and of course, Wally did not take any drugs because he is in the state department. He's a good man. He's a good man. Who's got clean and urine? I just laid in my divorced dad's bed. Oh my god! <laughs> in his bed? Not in his bed. In his pull-out bed <laughs> in his living room, just oh, like god. staring at the ceiling, being like, "I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up." It was a fucking nightmare. Wow. Yeah, that does sound. Nineteen bad. years old. Nineteen years old, baby. Do you think there's one state that divorced dads move to more than any other state? <laughs> it's got to be Florida or California, it's right? It's got to be a place with a lot of houseboats. That's all I know. Ooh. Whatever has the highest concentration of houseboats, maybe Seattle. Seattle has a ton of houseboats. Oh, I don't know yeah. if divorced dads are going to Seattle, though. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like divorced dads are just wherever they got divorced. This they is... stay. Didn't you guys on a road trip or something go to St. Augustine? Florida. Yes, that it. feels like a real divorced yeah. dad. Like right? if you're over fifty, it's just like boat life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched that documentary about the about the like commune of I guess they're over fifty. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know we what I'm talking about? I heard a documentary about it. What yeah, was we, it called? We were drinking a fair amount then too, but um That's it cool. is uh I can't remember the name of it, but I do think it's kind of a Trump haven, mm-hmm. and people oh, pay. It's called a the ton Village. The Village. It was a, a documentary about the Village. <laughs> people okay. pay so much money, and it's about kind of being like old and having a wild life. I sort see. Of like you move there. There was, but in the documentary, it didn't talk about how Trumpy it was, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of was like, here's just like five different people's stories who live in the villages. And the villages oh. is massive. It's such a huge, it's like a big city. But were they like doing drugs and getting boozed up? Or were yes. they just trying to date Boozing up. 21-year-olds or what? No, dating they're, they're each other. Dating each other. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like old people can still... There was one interesting... Get down. Boink. Like really yeah. do all the things. Yeah. They yeah. love boinking, they love doinking. <laughs> it's worth watching. I sounds they juicy. They didn't doink, Scotty. Oh, but they, they boinked. They just boinked. <laughs> they just boinked. No doinking. <laughs> Rude. Rude is right. Well, that sounds pretty fun. I, I feel uh, like divorced dads, though, divorced dads have to stay where they are because they have yes. to see their kid, right? Well, if, well, they're, if they're good. Depends on how good they are. 
if oh, they're good brother. at it. Oh, brother. <laughs> oh, brother. You guys have been watching the Peanuts Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. We watch them all. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, Scotty, you want to you want to story it up, or shall I get into the uh, headline here? Um, I have a very quick story. Oh, I love it. That's what I wanted to hear. So about six years ago, five years ago, I was the head writer for the MTV Movie and TV Awards because Adam mm. Devine was hosting, and we called in our really good writer friend, Jen D'Angelo, to help us write. The producers of that uh, were also the producers of Lip Sync Battle, which was like a hit show, I think, on TBS, where it was like LL Cool J and what was the woman's name? I can't remember. She's... Married to John Legend. Yeah, Christy yeah, Teigen? Yeah. yeah. That show's still um, on, isn't it? I don't know. It was a hit when it came out. And yeah. so we used their space, their set and studio, um, as our writer's room for a couple of days. For whatever reason, that week I had been like one of those weird... I was depressed, but I didn't know I was depressed because I was busy. But I wasn't like sleeping well. And I just felt kind of nauseous. I just felt off for like a few days. And on like the third day, we're trying to beat some old monologue jokes and stuff for Adam. And it's just Adam, Jen, and I. And and I was like, I'm sorry I'm distracted, but like I've just been in the weirdest mood for three days. And then Jen and Adam were both like, What do you mean? I was like, I think I'm depressed or something. I just like I lay awake and I'm just like don't have an appetite. And Adam's like, Me too. And Jen's like, Me too. And I was like, geez, this must be like I don't know. Something's in retrograde or something's going on. And then we all got quiet. And we're sitting there and we're like, oh shit, we're all adults and we're all depressed and we're all having to write comedy together. And then I don't know if it was Jen or Adam, but they go, at least we're surrounded by LL Cool J. And on every wall, we were in his dressing room when we were writing, we're just LL Cool J, huge prints of him scream laughing, pointing and smiling, <laughs> hoisting like kids up on his shoulders. <laughs> and we started laughing because we were like, this guy's the happiest guy in Hollywood. <laughs> and then we called it a day. But it was so funny that it was like three, I was like, it was a very vulnerable thing for like, a grown man to be like I've been depressed for three days and then shocking that two of my peers were like me too and then I, there was Uncle L just watching over us like everything's awesome I also love the like the, like I thought it was gonna be that like all of the ink that LL Cool J's uh, photos were printed with was just black mold and you guys were just suffering no, from too. black mold I was mold. like have you been drinking something is the is it lead in the water yeah I, now I just accept it. Whenever it happens every year, there's everybody gets in a funk sometimes, and I'm like, I just put on some LL Cool J and get through it. He tipped me sixty bucks once when I was a valet. Really? Did he? Sixty he did. bucks? Sixty dollars. What kind LL. of car was he driving? It, it was a powder remember? blue Bentley that he had bought two hours earlier. Oh, I remember that story. Mm -hmm. That was good. He kept licking his lips. <laughs> that's his that thing. doing it song. That's a really good Ooh, song. That's a good really. song. Really? That's a banger. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you ready for for one? I can't wait. Here it comes. This is direct from Reddit. This is um, true off my chest. That's from that's with the uh, the subreddit that it's from. Hip here's and cool. The, here's the title. Uh, my husband started acting strangely upon my sister's pregnancy announcement. Now this is this is just some hot goss. This isn't a this isn't a headline. There was a multiple stories written about this, and I kind of hate stories written about Reddit. Yeah, posts. they're commentary. Mm -hmm. That's so, our job. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna read the Reddit post. I feel like I'm going crazy here thinking about it. 
My husband and I were at my parents' house for dinner. All was going well. We were talking, laughing, and eating. But as soon as my sister got from from her seat and announced her pregnancy, uh, period, okay, crazy sentence, I noticed at first that my husband got quiet, didn't get up to congratulate her since the rest of us did, and just kept staring at or towards her. I'm not entirely (laughs) sure. I repeatedly asked if he was okay, and he mumbled about feeling a bit sick. That was strange because he was perfectly fine that day. Literally, moments later, he started throwing up. <laughs> like, yeah. I had no idea what was happening with him. He yeah. sat on the bathroom floor near the toilet, just looking down and refusing to let me help oh, him up to wash worst. his face. I kept asking him if he was okay, but no response. My family were worried about him, and I had to take him home. I checked his temp and blood pressure. This, is this a nurse? But all were normal. Still complete silence on his part. He went to sleep shortly after, and in the early morning at 5.30, I woke up to the sound of him crying in the shower. What wow. is happening with this man? I rushed in asking if he was okay, but still no response other than tell me he needed a minute with himself. I almost Not lost it. Not his kid? Not his kid. They haven't had sex? I think that I was going that way. Yeah. It's got to be. They were doinking or boinking, I think, <laughs> they for were sure. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I almost lost it, demanding he explain what was going on, and he told me he was just feeling overwhelmed. From what? <laughs> He's not the type who got stressed, who gets stressed out from work or anything of the sort. This so is just weird. so strange. Out of character for him. He got dressed and left, then refused to even talk about it. I can't help but feel like this reaction was triggered by my sister's pregnancy <laughs> announcement. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we got a real Sherlock of oh. <laughs> What makes me feel so horrible is the fact that my sister once implied that my husband was her type and hoped to get someone like him. Oh, she has boy. a boyfriend, by the way. This could be nothing, but I can't shake this weird feeling. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, about what happened. This could be nothing. He did vomit multiple times <laughs> after and was sobbing in the night. <laughs> oh my God! So, yeah, he did it. They, they gotta did be. It. They, they must they have did been it. Either that, or he's in love with her, right? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. He wanted to sire her first child. He sire wanted, is that was <laughs> what he was so psyched about. He's like, I can't wait to get out of this relationship and sire a, a child with my my wife's sister. I think sire is an okay word to say, but it shouldn't be. There are a lot of those words that should not be okay words to say, but he wanted to sire. And spawn's another one, too. <laughs> those are just creepy words when they're used in the human yeah. context. I, yeah. I used like, to have a joke where it was like, know, know her in the biblical sense. Mm-hmm. And that is the creepiest way to say fuck, for real. Mm-hmm. You really knew her. Yeah. You were in a different kind of a way. <laughs> hmm that would be a very weird dinner that every, I mean, geez, I love that Reddit becomes that. It's such a confessional for people. And then the rest of us just go, yeah, they were, they had sex. <laughs> yeah. She's pregnant with his baby. He's nervous Sentence about three. it. We, we figured that out. <laughs> um, therapy. But yeah, pregnant. I wonder how the pregnant woman feels. <laughs> <laughs> I walked up to a dude on my soccer team in high school, and he was flirting with my girlfriend at a party. And I was like, hey, don't do that. And he was like, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, nobody likes you. I don't have to do anything about it. And it like I could see it like stunned him into submission. I was like, I never had to fight. I was so, I would, my words were so ruthless. I'd never had to swing on anybody. And then um, he said something to me like the next week. And then I was like, oh, I guess I am going to have to fight this guy. And then on the soccer field, <laughs> 
that we were like warming up. We were, like run a lap. We're standing there, and he comes over to me, and I'm like, "Here we go. We're gonna start punching each other in the face and get kicked off the team and out of high school." And he's like, "Scotty, I'm sorry. I'm gonna use fake names here, by the way. Okay. I'm sorry, but uh, every time I break up with Jenny, she tells me she's pregnant, and I go, "Well, yeah, okay." And he goes, "And that happened like." The other night, I was like, when you were hitting on my girlfriend, he goes, oh, no, that was something else. I'm sorry about that, too. But uh, the reason I was so mad at you in school today is because I broke up with her. And then she said she's been late on her period for six days. And I'm like, we are too young to be dealing with this. And this, the whole issue, everything, we're like 17 years old. And I just remember looking at the level of stress. And then I felt terrible for being so mean to him. So it just was a beautiful cycle. That took a left turn. That's not what I expected. Wow. Yes, I thought we were going to fight. Instead, he was just having a real, real moment, and I was too mean to him. I think I hurt his feelings so bad, and then we were cool. That's the one thing, though. Like, boys are pretty good at being like, all right, we're not going to fight. Okay, I guess we're fine now. That's great. Let's pass the soccer ball. (laughs) That's really great. Yeah, I do think the one kid I got into a fight with when I was 12, after that, it was just like, we're like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh, good. That's nice. Okay. We weathered that storm pretty well together. Yeah. Do you remember when you scratched my cornea? Uh, Trying to rip my glasses off? Oh, yeah? No, okay. Cookie, bye. Okay, bye, man. Have a, have a cool life. <laughs> Bethany's really special. I, I, I wish you the best to you and yours. <laughs> do you want me to tease us into a little breaky poo? Wait, yeah, I have a pregnancy story. Really. Yeah. You do? I do. Um... Uh, well, I'm just going to tell a tiny portion tell of a longer. Tell a huge one. <clears throat> so I, um, I was so nauseous. Faked both your pregnancies. <laughs> I faked both. both your pregnancies. <laughs> Bought the baby online. <laughs> I was on Reddit. You were um, nauseous. I mean, the birth. Well, I, the birth was a true magic <laughs> trick because I have photos of it. Lauren and is it's a great still, actress. It looks so many photos. It by looks the a, way, a lot. Oh. It really looks real. We well, this is not the story I was going to tell, but we did have this nurse who like was delivering the baby <laughs> yes. who who gave Kurt who took my phone. Yes, and was like, "You're going to want these," and took. I've never literally the darkest, most upsetting photos them. of I my fa- vagina. Birthing Olive. Oh my I, God. I was scrolling through photos and I landed on one and I actually went, ah! <laughs> It's not for me, man. Like, it is a miracle. And it is I, a miracle. I'm more proud of that. You know, this isn't about that, Absolutely. but I so do strong. not want. She's beautiful and strong. I don't want those photos to exist ever. They're not even like hidden on my phone. Anybody can get out of them. If you were supposed <laughs> to see it. For what? John would have put the birth canal in the in your septum if you were supposed to see it at that angle. It's yeah, fine it's to let not, it happen. Yeah, let it happen. Let but we don't need like she was like setting up lighting. She was fucking she took do an angle. Like one hundred photos. <laughs> she was just going pop 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 pop. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like she has a website or something. This, this is not <laughs> oh, ideal. Oh, God. Yeah, not ideal. Okay, so the story I was going to tell, though, is that this I was plea. so nauseous for the majority of my pregnancy that I had to take a drug called Zofran, which okay. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, but mm-hmm. it's an anti-nausea uh-huh. medication, and it has a side effect um, where it makes you really constipated, unfortunately. Um, what and so an I was, ironic thing. Isn't that crazy? That's mm. like something you definitely yeah, really wouldn't want as a pregnant gnarly side effect on top of the 800 woman. other things that I had, which mostly was just like a constant runny nose. I had a constant runny nose when I was pregnant, um, and you can't take Interesting. anything. Interesting. 
Except oh, for those gosh. silly stickers that they put on your face. We you still have them. I mean? Those, those really came and left. The Breathe Right strips, those really <laughs> came <laughs> and <laughs> left. They don't do anything. It's just tape on your nose. It's so crazy. It's There's no dignity in it either. You're like, I'll put on my sticker. You know what you could do is you can graduate your Breathe Right strips into uh, taping your mouth shut to make you not snore. That's the Oh, <laughs> Breathe Right in a different way. Okay. So you're you're so running you're real, running no. at one end and not running at all on the other. Yeah, just struggling, just really mm-hmm. struggling. And so mm-hmm. um, it was Christmas Eve, and I um, <laughs> hadn't I hadn't taken a shit in days. <laughs> yeah. And we're visiting. Um, it's the most my wonderful family. time of the year. Yes. Yes, the most in so many ways of my life. Right, like mm-hmm. just miraculous. And I had two cups of smooth move tea, which let me tell you does the trick. And I so I know. woke up. Uh, very early in the morning. Christmas morning. Uh, Or Christmas Eve morning, right? Realized I was going (laughs) to shit my pants and went running for the bathroom and I fell down the stairs and I shit my pants. Everyone was awake. Well, no, because here's the thing. If... There's one thing. If you're a pregnant woman and oh, you yeah. fall down the fucking stairs, Big deal. everyone in the house comes running. <laughs> She's running Everyone in, in the motherfucking house. Like people that I don't know that well <laughs> have come from like neighbor. Everybody's worried. Yes. And, uh, oh, God. And I just had to be like, I'm fine. I what? shit my pants. <laughs> At the bottom of the stairs, just pants full of shit. <laughs> but that's what a... That, but that's like the it's actually perfect what you're describing there's no better set of circumstances to have that happen to you publicly than pregnant first baby christmas eve <laughs> all of the things <laughs> fam mostly family <laughs> sounds it's like just, you should have been and doing it i was it furious so i was like cursing you know it was just a very <laughs> it was a hilarious like Merry you were christmas. mad cuz you fell you were mad cuz you were embarrassed all of the above. I was yeah. mad that I was constipated. I was mad at Zofran. I was yeah. like, and mad now I'm pregnant. laying in mm-hmm. my own shit, and I have to tell my <laughs> uncle, who I don't even know, that I like that I'm sorry. There's shit on his floor. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh yeah. man. But again, Christmas. Love miracle. my kids. Totally worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. I think that's great. Oh man, that's so scary though. Yeah, you were scared, you were embarrassed, you were angry. No, yes, you and were everybody, not everybody, sleeping. and it was very funny because everyone was so worried. So everybody was like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I was like, "Oh, leave Just- now. Get away. She needs some space. She needs some space. Everyone, there's shit on the floor. She needs space. There should be a national or international code." Like literally a number. It should be like eleven fourteen. Yeah, and where if you are an adult and you shit your pants and you just need everybody around you, no matter what their relationship is, to to just walk away, just turn one hundred eighty degrees and walk away. It should be able to say eleven fourteen, and then people go oh, and then you're just left alone. Phones down. Nobody rushes to you. I wish that eleven fourteen <laughs> was an inner. I would love was, a code. That's what you need in that moment is a code word. Yeah. yeah. Because they were like, "Oh God, did she hit her stomach? And did yeah, she hit her yeah, head? Yeah, is yeah. she? Do we need, do we to, need to go to the hospital?" Yeah. <laughs> and if you had just looked up and go eleven fourteen, <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Everybody's okay. Jesus were, in Scotty. I will. Man poses as an attractive blonde woman and convinces a police officer to hand over his patrol car. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. 
pretty oh, good. Oh, man, things are really going to get rolling again <laughs> once we come back with this episode of Bananas. After Dark. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Folks, we are back. Scott, you got any shout outs? I do. I have two that leave. I have two, and then I have a conversation point. So the first one is our friend Mike Bridenstine. Point. I love Mike Brido. You know Bridenstine. Mm-hmm. Yes. He has a comedy album out called Hustle. I've been on his podcast, Hunk, many times. Kurt, have you ever done Hunk? No, but I would like to, and I will. It's a very fun podcast. Mike is a great comic. I've worked with him in the past. So Google Mike Bridenstine Hustle and enjoy his new special. Mike is really funny, and he's got a great show at Fable if you live in Los Angeles. Yes, he does. Great yeah. dude. Um, speaking of uh, uncomfortable things, Katie Durden had a root canal today. She was absolutely terrified about it, but she listened to Bananas the entire procedure Yay. while on Laughing Gas, and she said, <gasps> quote, y'all's voices made me think like I had a warm hug around me during the whole thing. Aww. Aww, that's, that's so nice. nice. So the talking point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any resolutions over there? Any New Year's resolutions? Have you given it any thought whatsoever? Mm. I know it's a little abrupt. I know that's an abrupt question. And it's December. It's right. We're recording this early, so we don't need. We so have, we really haven't given this any back. <laughs> last year, as you may recall, for our diehard banana animals, I tried to see a ghost. Yes, that was your I, resolution. Was New Year's resolution to see a ghost. Oh, I can't wait to hear. Well, I stayed in many haunted hotels. I stayed in them in Cloudcroft. I stayed in them in Los Angeles. I, I did as many things as I could do. I probably went to five haunted, actual haunted hotels, and then just weird-ass places on road trips. Didn't see a ghost. Oh. But that's a lifelong pursuit. So yeah. this year, I was going to shock the world by saying my 2023 resolution is to go bobsledding. Okay? Oh, yes. I've, I, I've seen messages about this. I'm very so, excited. The re and I was thinking about this for a while. It seems like something I could accomplish. Uh, mm -hmm. Just I want to go down a real bobsled track and a real bobsled. We have a banana animal named Veronica Day who is a Team USA skeleton racer, which is the single. It's like a sled that you run as fast as you can for fifty meters, and you jump on your belly and you go head first down <laughs> an ice track. <laughs> it's like the Gus Veronica. Movie. I yeah. was like, "Are you on the team?" She was like, "I was on the team," and I was like, "I want to go bobsledding." It's my New Year's resolution. She goes, "I know a silver medal Olympian named Sylvia. I believe it's Hoffman. I'll get it right in the New Year." Who, who always needs a brake man. So somebody like ride in the back, I guess. I don't know what a brake man is, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm assuming so, it's whoa. in the back just to grab a brake. <laughs> yes. So she said, start stretching my hammies, and I will. But yeah, so Veronica Day has been so helpful. 
She's my personal banana of the week. But yeah, I'm going to go bobsledding sometime in the next two to six weeks. And Wait, I will report this? back. Park City. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, that's going to be incredible. It's going to be. And she was like, do you want to go halfway down for like the, the friends and family and visitors? Or do you want to go the full track? I'm like, let's go full track. Yeah, I want full the full track. experience. That's amazing. That's also, that's also interesting that it's just an open Bob's is it an open bobsled tracker? No, like you it's, need to be it'll with be an part Olympian? of practicing. Yes. So Sylvia, who I I believe is still training for the next Winter Olympics, needs. There's a whole story. I'll talk to Veronica about it. But apparently, okay, somebody great. put a Tinder ad up to find men to be brake men for their training. So <laughs> I didn't find them that way. I found them following us on Instagram, the Bananas Podcast, and you I'm going to go bobsledding. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pumped. That's great. I love that so much. That is a really good resolution. Yeah, I I, I resolve to have a resolution nearly that cool. <laughs> I resolve to have. A resolution <laughs> yeah, yeah. by the new year. <laughs> Did I talk about Kurt? Did I tell you about the fire the other night in the cabins? Did I talk about no, this already? Whoa. What? There was what? a fire in the cabins? Oh, man. I, I wasn't sure if we talked about it. So <clears throat> I live in one of 10 cabins in a wooded area. And it's our biggest threat up here would be a wildfire. And in LA, it we get fires a lot. Yep. So, but it's been rainy in Los Angeles. Real wet. Mm-hmm. It's been real wet and real cold. It's been it's the strangest winter since I've lived out here. And so I was sick of screens, I was sick of phones, I was fi- sick of Netflix, I was sick of looking at my computer. So it was like 8 p.m. I'm going to start like, a fire. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to light my house on fire. <laughs> Wait a second, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and so I, it was raining pretty hard, and I was like, hey, that Radix, the weed gummy company yeah. that's a sponsor, Bananas, sent us a ton of stuff. I was like, I'm going to eat the big ring, the 25 milligram <gasps> ring. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. We Turn off ring. all the lights and mm. hang out and listen to the rain on the skylights <gasps> and just have an indoor kid night. Oh, wow. So for about for 25 minutes into that experience, I'm lying in my bedroom. It's probably closer to 9 or 10 o'clock at this point. I'm ha- I'm just like I'm about to just fully relax and I hear a woman's voice yelling for Andrew. My neighbor's name is Andrew. And I'm like, oh, uh-oh, trouble in paradise. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is going to be bad. And then <laughs> silence. And then I hear Scotty Scotty, no, no, and I'm lying there, and, and oh, you're like, like, I'm in the dark on a lot of weed. I have bowed like, out of tonight. Yeah, yes, no one I should am- be yelling my name outside. <laughs> it's raining. It's raining, and I've taken what would be probably the biggest edible of my adult life. I am not a weed guy. I was like, hey, they sponsored the podcast, and it's legal in California. Let's get into it. And so I throw on a T-shirt and shorts. Oh, you were not wearing clothes. I was wearing boxers only. I'm never nude in my house. I'm one of those people that's like, you got to be ready to fight. You got to be ready, yeah. A a raccoon could fall in. Yeah. Yep. Um, We know. Yeah. You don't want... Your meats and cheese is exposed. So mm-hmm. I open the door, and my neighbor Camille, who's a very cool woman, a good friend, she's like, "Oh, I gotta think." Kurt, give me a man's name. Sam. Tyler. Sam Tyler lit his house on fire. <laughs> he so lit go, his house what? on fire. Ooh. I go, oh, "What?" Dear. She goes, "Do you have fire extinguishers?" I say, "Yes, I do." So I have one under my sink. So I toss it to her. And then I put on shoes and I run and I have another you one. Threw a, you actually physically <laughs> threw a fire. Yeah, I said, ah, get away from my house. 
Yell- Stop talking! <laughs> I'm being quiet now. <laughs> so I, then I run in my closet. I put on my shoes. So I'm out the door. Pouring rain. T-shirt, Holy boxers, oh slippers, oh. fire extinguisher. So I run down the trail. It's about 50 yards from my house. The house is on fire. You could see the flames. house was on fire. The outside of his house, <gasps> Sam Taylor's house, is on fire. Dude, uh, I could my not. neighbor Andrew, who's a super cool dude, also had a fire extinguisher, but I didn't know him, is already spraying with a fire extinguisher. Camille had handed it to Sam Tyler, Sam Taylor, Sam Tyler, and he's spraying it. I get up there, I'm spraying it. So there's three grown men, a dark, rainy, cold, rainy night in LA, putting out an electric fire. I guess rainwater had gotten into some faulty wiring and just sparked up. You smell the burning, like the ozone in the air. And we got the fire out pretty quick. The Sam Sam Tyler was so. scared shitless obviously and the way they found it is Camille's dog had started barking and she looks out and the house across from hers is on fire and then I walk back and I'm soaking wet so I just towel off take the clothes off towel off put on dry clothes dry my hair get back in bed and then it hits <laughs> so hard like the edible hits so hard and then oh I fell God. asleep all that adrenaline yeah, yeah, just yeah. like picked up all the blood pushing yes. through your body and I fell asleep. I just instantly fell asleep. Like ten minutes later, like it hit me. I was just out. And the next day, she's like, "Do you want?" There's still like half of your extinguisher. It says on the meter. And I'm like, "No, I ordered another one in Amazon over coffee. I'm good." But it was from zero super peaceful chill night into backdraft in the rain, and then instantly wow. sleepville. It was a pretty fun. Of night. course, Dude, your body Scott, was just you're like so different from shut me. Down. Though I would just be like, "I'm so sorry. I can't help right now." <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> Ordinarily, I never do this type of thing. <laughs> I'd love to help your house fire. I it's really not would. my night. But I'm it's... having an internal evening. I am journeying. I'm trying. It's a therapy night for me. Um, so we, I actually did more edibles than I've ever done at your house, Scotty, at your Halloween party I quite remember some that. time ago. And yes. Kurt and I, that Halloween, were Moby Dick. So I was Moby, the musician. And, and I was a giant dick. was a six foot four dick. And I had the most terrifying <laughs> trip of my motherfucking life. And the only person I kept looking up. <laughs> he looks and I had his penis so hat much on, like a very and realistic a skin suit. six foot four penis. <laughs> and I was like, ah. And it was that thing where time was moving so slowly. That's and you're right. So panicked, and you're yes. so, and you're like, the world's against you. The world's against you. The world. Your husband's a dick. Your husband's like <laughs> really a big, scary, veiny dick. <laughs> and also, that was the night that that was the night that you had a car parked with a skeleton in the driver's seat, yes. and there yes. was a lot of smoke or like a lot of um, yeah. We had a smoke machine and a fog and a light machine in there, so it yes. looked like yeah, it was an old vintage car. <laughs> that party, those there were three years in a row that I did those, and that one. But I, Lauren, you hung tight until <laughs> like a hundred people rolled up, and then it was like a hundred adults that I so didn't even know them people. all. Yeah, and I would always say, do not wear costumes. And then that just makes people wear costumes. But the, you you hung tight, and then it got <laughs> and then we real went. weird. Yeah, and I remained high for like three days. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Lauren's body processes drugs in a much different it's way so than sad. other human beings. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Sounds interesting. 
Okie dokie. Here's one for you. Please do. Yeah, this let's was hear sent it. in by beautiful bananimal Sean Farnham. Sean, thank you so much for contributing to a new year on Bernerners. Grazie, grazie, Sean. <laughs> uh, this was in the New Zealand Herald. So nzherald.nz. Gotta go to New Zealand. In our three-year plan for Bananas, Kurt, has to be to do an Australia show and a New Zealand show. We That'd have be great. to do it. It would we be gotta, great. There will be five people at the New Zealand show, and I will all, be so happy. I know two people from New Zealand now, and I love them both dearly. Yeah, it would be amazing. We love them. Um, and this was written by Jihi Tan. I believe it's Jihi Jihi Tan. Sorry about that if I pronounced your name wrong and you listen to this podcast in New Zealand. Man poses as an attractive blonde and convinces a police officer to hand over his patrol car. <laughs> Young man... I mean, geez, it's incredible. A young man's fake Tinder persona of an attractive blonde woman was so convincing he managed to persuade an active police officer to hand over his patrol car and a body armor vest. Wow. Everyone in this story is upsetting. I want to say that right off the bat. I mean, I'm waiting for the details. But all of it is sus. We're a little worried about... Yeah, I'm worried about every single person involved here. This is not my neighbor, Sam Tyler, who lit his house on fire. <laughs> this is Tyler Tatera, <laughs> a 23-year-old long who was long fascinated with the police who used, car, uh, who used the car and the vest in an elaborate sex money scam, swindling tens of thousands of dollars in total from three victims. So oh I'm not going to do the entire story because it's really long but what that means is he took photos of himself both as a man and as a woman wearing the body armor vest it with the police car in the police car around the police car and then other people he convinced them he was a cop because he had convinced so he convinced a cop that he was a woman got him to give the woman but him yes the police, a police car, which things must be different in New Zealand. Where like police cars, if they're out and about, they're lending they're, them. They're, they're, yeah, they're lending them out. <laughs> I will explain how he got the cop car, but the, okay. I won't go into the sex scam money stuff with him because. But basically, he pretended to be a cop using these things like props and costuming. Crazy. Okay. So here we go. Um, including the people he swindled. He swindled them out of iPhones, won a car, and in at least one case, he had sex with a man, though he claimed he was not gay. Court documents tell the story of an easily bored man skilled at using superficial charm to deceit and create chaos. Um, so, so suppression orders on Tatera's identity were, uh, and file were lifted this week, shedding light on a spree of lies and deception from January 2020 until his arrest, uh, his arrest in March of this year. Using photos stolen from a former policewoman's social media, including her uniform, he oh. created a Tinder profile of an alluring blonde called Tori. <laughs> and Tyler became Tori? <laughs> uh, called Tori and started messaging the second victim, an active police officer called Mr. L., in early October 2020, Tori told Mr. L she was working in an anti-corruption operation and needed his help to plant a listening device in a police car. So on November 11th, 2020, Mr. L brought a marked police patrol vehicle to Auckland and handed it over to Tara, thinking he was Tori's colleague. Oh, shit. 
Oh, so he. Oh, wait. Okay. 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 This okay, changes okay, okay. everything. Yeah, 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 this changes yeah, yeah. everything. So it wasn't that this police officer was trying to bone a hot blonde. No, he thought it was a colleague. He thought it was another cop. Correct. And then from but, there, but they, but but they were all all the messages were coming over Tinder, over Tinder, and and posing as a hot blonde. But a hot blonde who was Woman. also a who, police officer and who, who was, was also actually a, a real police officer, though, right? He he stole the pictures of a real person. Correct. That's right. Holy, yeah, this pretty is good scam. deeper and weirder than all that I could have ever anticipated. Okay. Amen. That's what Bernanner's after Dirk is for. <laughs> Tara had the car for about four hours the first time and managed to get the police car a second time later in the same month. How? Tori told Mr. L the listening device did not work and they just needed the car again. <laughs> Later that month, uh, Mr. And so L then he hand- uses the car and goes and does criminal activity. He was driving around and taking photos of himself in it, taking photos with it. He was taking photos that he later used to scam other people saying he was a cop. Got it. But here, oh, here's my question. So <laughs> when the cop drops off the car and the hot blonde and, sees and the, the real photo person. is not there, what happens? He's just like, oh, I'm Brian. Uh, Jenny told me to come pick up the car for her. Yeah, something like that. I'm his <laughs> colleague, and I'm, I'm going to wire this up with a listening device. Um, later that month, Mr. L handed over his spare body armor vest, again, under the uh, ruse that Tori's uh, undercover work to insert a listening device in it for placement at a police station was enough to convince the man. Like earlier victims, Mr. L was scammed into buying an iPhone 12 for Tori. Oh, my God. Who said her wealthy father's board members did not want her to have a personal phone or social media for fear of getting hacked. These are just solid lies. Just (laughs) such a good, terrible liar. It's wild. To Tara, return the police car, but not the vest. Much later... He told police after his arrest that getting the patrol car was, quote, worth it for the thrill of driving a Holden Commodore, which to Americans means absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> a Holden Commodore? No. I guess that? that's like a Chevy Caprice Classic or something. Tatera oh, wow. admitted to 11 other charges, six of obtaining by deception, which is a great charge. Six obtaining by deception charges. Oh, I love it. Three for impersonating police and two for possessing <clears throat> police property. He was sentenced to three years and two months in jail on eight charges in July. Wow. wow. Pretty wild. That is so wild. Yeah. Did you guys watch that documentary about the the vegan restaurant? Oh yeah. Oh, oh loved it. Wasn't it so good? And all loved these it. they all these types of stories have that thing where when you hear the headline you're like, "Whoa, what an idiot." That doesn't make what? Yes. What's going on here? And then you listen and you realize that the the strategies these people use are all the same. Yeah. And and it you kind of get it. It works. I mean, they find out your vulnerability. Yes. And then they just fucking work it. I mean, they yeah. There is always a moment where you're like, "Well, I wouldn't have done that, but but I get it." Yeah. And I have a feeling that's what's happening here. I think this yeah. person is is a really smart manipulator. Oh, yeah. Of, 
Also, the idea that, um, hey, <clears throat> I need to put some listening devices into body armor because I'm spying on police officers. I love Is it. That like that, right? It's just like it's just complicated enough that we're just like, yeah, of course, I can't go to my to my department because they'll know that I'm going to put listening devices on their body armor. So I need somebody else from some other department to give me their body armor. Isn't it funny that disguises work in 2023? Isn't it crazy? <laughs> just just pretending to be somebody else or just a uniform just a sitting picture. in a cop car. Yeah, it all it social media it's like, yeah, you google somebody as soon as you're going to go on a date with them, it's like, oh, they're in a cop car. They must be a cop. Oh, yeah. they're holding a fish. They must be a fisherman. Like, it's so funny <laughs> that, like, if you just put on the right disguise, people believe it. That's it's why I wild. always dress up as a fisherman when I go to restaurants, because they give me the best seats. <laughs> they're like, oh, this fisherman's here. He's going to know if our, if our food's good. <laughs> I thought you were going to say seat. they give you the best fish. <laughs> you just said the best seats. The best I'm seats. also picturing you, like, in a rain jacket. Your rain like jacket, rain hat. fish sticks. Box. 90 degrees in L.A. Oh, here comes Gordon. <laughs> I would be the worst. I want a I, booth, I, please. I like laughing too much. Like I, God, I couldn't even work in sound department on shows. Like if I was in disguise trying to be somebody else, I would just break so much because whenever anything was funny, I would just start laughing. I would blow it. I'd be terrible at it. Um, it speaking happens. of that, do you have a story or should I hop right into this next story? Whatever you want to do. Here we go. I'm excited about this one. I've been holding on to this one. Oh, boy. Oddball six foot lobster Mickey statue returns to Boston. What? Yes, this is from this is from the AP. Um, That's real. I've heard of them. In by. <laughs> oh, I bet they're so good. Oh, I bet they're so good. It's not written by anyone. That's so swinging AP staff. A long forgotten and somewhat unsettling, <laughs> and it is fucking for real unsettling, <laughs> statue of Mickey Mouse with giant lobster claws for hands <laughs> has found its way back to Boston. The 700-pound statue was last seen in the city nearly two oh. decades ago at Quincy Market, where it entertained tourists and shoppers before slipping out of sight and into city lore after it was sold in 2005 at an auction organized by Disney. In the interim, references to the six-foot-tall Lobster Mickey appeared on Atlas Obscura, a website for oddball landmarks. Yeah, I would have gone. The pinhead. I love Atlas Obscura. Still, the statue itself, one of 75 Mickey Mouse-inspired sculptures commissioned by Disney for the Mm. cartoon character's 75th anniversary remain elusive. (laughs) What? That's until Dion Point, a creative director for the Boston Sneaker Store Concepts, began fixated on tracking down the creation. Concepts collaborates with Nick Nike on a line. I was going to say Nikki because it's Nikki, Nikki, Nikki Mouse on a line of lobster themed sneakers. <laughs> lobster themed sneakers. <laughs> yeah, boy. Who knows, baby? Uh, Point told the Boston Globe that he spent five years, <laughs> five years, following online threads before finally spotting a listing for the mouse slash crustacean relic on eBay. The statue had found its way, as all good things do, to a New Jersey lawn, but it was in need of some repairs. It was okay. discolored, split in sections, and its concrete foundation had begun to crumble. Point oh. hired a local artist to refurbish the paint statue. Uh, or and repaint the statue the day before Halloween. Lobster Mickey <laughs> made its second public debut in the city, 
and when it was set up in Concept's Newberry Street showroom floor. Quote, people were a little terrified. Point yeah, to nobody the was nobody Me was too. as excited as they yeah. were hoping. <laughs> that he, the people think we created this thing, which of course we didn't. So let me tell you when it's it looks so heavy. It looks like it <laughs> like it requires a really massive crane. It is a set it's seven hundred pounds. Can wow. you describe its can you describe its its claws, Lauren? I mean, the claws are are oversized. Like, okay, they're not proportional to the rest of Mickey's body, so not that's great. upsetting. And yeah. he, uh, so one is up. This is, I think, the most upsetting part. One is up and open, and it is <laughs> classic lobster bump, wave, cla- clapstick lobster, like he's trying to shake your hand <laughs> with a claw that will hurt you, uh-huh. and it's bumpy. An irregular shaped, uh, like a real lobster. Like a claw real would be. lobster, yeah. And then the other colored. one, the arm comes out, and then at a ninety degree angle, He's the got lobster the claw, claw comes on out. his hip, and it is so fucking upsetting looking. It looks like the arms are different lengths as well. Not great. It and he also is wearing his trademark overalls that looked like he has two tits. Uh, it is a oh. beautiful and amazing statue. <laughs> I cannot wait to post it. We will post oh, it on the Instagram. I want to see it. <laughs> of course. Lobster Mickey. Lobster Mickey, folks. <laughs> oh, boy. That blew up in his face. I know. I, I just I do feel bad for him. He was so excited. He worked so hard. He worked for years to get that. You know what? Honestly, it's probably the best press Concepts has ever had. Okay, mm-hmm. Concepts. Right? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Good. Associated Press, baby, that's big time. <laughs> I do wish the owner of Nike's on his death, but it was like, it was Nikki all along, you <laughs> fox. It was Nikki. <laughs> I felt too embarrassed to say anything. <laughs> it's Nikki. <laughs> that is so And I want to just doink it. <laughs> I was down. Oh, man. I was uh, so my friends Melissa and Norris. You guys have met over the years. They're really great friends. But every year in in September in Redondo Beach, California, they do Lobster Fest every weekend, and it's like twenty nine bucks. You get a lobster, you get you get corn, you get potatoes, you get all the stuff. Basically, you go down and drink beer and eat lobster, and it's so Mm-mm-mm. fun. That sounds really great. I want to so do that. Oh yeah, we'll go. It's so fun. It's really good, also. And so one, I get the call. Hey, we're going to Lobster Fest. Come on down. We go down. And these days always turn into bigger days where we swim in the ocean. We do all this fun shit. We drink a lot. There have been many hotels rented at late at night after uh-huh. Lobster Fest. Where is Chicago. Lobster Fest? Redondo, Redondo Beach. Beach. Oh, so yeah, in baby. the marina, there's a seafood place, and it's really, really awesome. And so I go down there, and nobody else comes. It's just the three of us, but that's fine. We're like old buddies, and we're like, let's do it. And then we go to Old Tony's on the pier in Redondo, which is probably the number one bar in America. It's one of the greatest bars I've ever been to. I've heard you talk about it, and I want to go. It's sensation. So you have to walk upstairs, and then it's like an octagon of plexiglass, probably 60 feet in the air, but on a pier above the ocean in Redondo. So you have a full view, 360 degrees of the beach on both sides, the ocean. It's so fun, the boardwalk. So we're sitting there, and Melissa goes, "Um, are you single? I was like, yeah. And she goes, I want to set you up with my friend Corey. And Norris goes, no. And he, she goes, what? She goes, I was like, well, who's Corey? And she goes, oh, I just worked with Corey on a show. She's in wardrobe. She's really nice. She's really cute. She's, she's really good. I like. I just think you two will get along. And Norris is like, no. 
Absolutely not. No offense, Scotty, but Corey is like pristine and sterling and like, no way. You're not dating her. (laughs) (laughs) This is just to meet this person that I've never met before. And I was like, I can't even go on a date with her. He's like, no, don't set him up. No. And Melissa's like, all right, dude. Like, all right. He's like, no offense, man, but it's just like you you can't. People always say no offense right before they offend you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I was like, all right, so that we drink for nine more hours or whatever. <laughs> and then like two two years go by, maybe a year goes by, and we're all hanging out. And totally different situation, but the Melissa and Norris are there. And Melissa says something like, Hey Norris, remember when you wouldn't let Scotty go on a date with Corey? And he goes, Who is Corey? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, for real. Oh, that's the funniest thing he could have said. <laughs> he, has no he was idea. just totally fucking with you he the whole time. Knew. He had no idea no who Corey was. No offense. <laughs> I love Norris. Yeah, me too. And I, I met Corey in between then. And we're like, we became great friends and stuff. But it was so funny. He just had no idea who she was talking about. <laughs> who was Corey? Oh, that's so funny. I After love this dunking guy. dunking on me so hard. I love both of them so much. That's so funny. <laughs> Remember when you wouldn't let them hang out together? Remember Scotty couldn't go on a date with Corey? Who is Corey? <laughs> Who are we even talking about? Who is this mythological creature that we're calling Corey now that I've never heard of until this moment? And I was like, well, there you go. That's good to know. So really, this means you didn't think much of me at the time, but that's all right. I still paid for Oh, that so makes funny. me laugh so much. That's great. Oh, <laughs> what a year. Guys. I want what? to go eat uh, lobster. Even we'll know, do it. I like lobster, but... Only like nine the- months. I would literally... I feel like... I, every time I eat lobster, I get a piece of the <laughs> the shell in the meat, and it feels like I'm going to break a tooth it, every single Stuck time. Stuck in your... Oh, yeah. Well, that's because we... Yes. Also, when you and I are drink, we eat like dogs at their last meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't say that. Lauren's been saying that. I chipped a tooth. You can't tell. You did? But, uh, yeah, you can't really tell. But oh, tell. that's the worst. It's, it's an the emotional worst feeling. Moment. Okay, I have a tooth story, guys. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you do? Is it Corey? <laughs> I have a tooth named Corey. You can't date her. No offense. No, she's pristine. <laughs> um, You're a dirt ball. She's pristine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so it go, It sort of is connected to my shitting my pants story, and I'll just like... <laughs> what a day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean in here, guys. So... Um, so it was right after I had Olive. Okay. Um, things kind of went from bad to worse for me. And um, <laughs> 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 there was this like, there was this, I mean, in general, I had had, you know, a pregnancy I didn't love and then um, was postpartum and filled with rage. And uh, I see. And, and Kurt had to go away a fair amount because he sure. was like booking work away and i was just like beside myself with rage that yeah. i was left great. alone to in and and, and uh, we've, you know we've worked this the, out we've been great. in therapy we, this is all worked out better and, help and in the in hindsight's 2020 right like i'm very happy and grateful for him and was at the time but also filled with rage so yeah also filled with rage <clears throat> You're um, but to there have was feelings. this there was a short period of time where three things happened um uh, one, Olive was having some kind of 
and and I am just gonna like go for it and be. That's what um, bad's all I might, about. People might want to puke. Like if you're eating, don't. You yeah, might put down your quesadilla. Yeah. yeah. So she um, had a reaction to what I was eating because I was breastfeeding her at the time, and so she Classic. just had like the gnarliest, greenest poop. Great. And um, and Normal. it's very common. But I had to, Normal. you know, like clean out her baby vagina. Of course, she did out of it right so of there was course. that happening then um i myself got my first postpartum period which i'm not going to go into it it's not That's fun okay. if you've been there before <laughs> and you've had your first postpartum period i got it way early and it's not fun and it's dark so i was dealing with my own <laughs> vagina so i'm dealing and with I'll my daughter's vagina to experience that and that's tough for me in my own way too so absolutely I'll, i We're mean all we suffering. can dive deep into this later scott if you really want to just know more about being alive um it's <laughs> upsetting so so her vagina my vagina and then and then oh boy. Zelda, zelda our dog got uh-huh. a yeast infection um i didn't know a dog could get a yeast infection. me neither yeah. But she was having a real hard time. And so there were a couple oh. things I had to do twice a day. Went to the day. vet and got uh, like some stuff oh. for mm-hmm. it. There's a medication mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. first apply. <laughs> there were two <laughs> levels. So like crazy. first you like had to find her dog vagina and then you had to there. you applied one and then you had to open her little mm, labia. Dog vagina. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and the next layer dog in, vulva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. put a powder. So you had to wipe it with like what looked like a Noxema pad <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, and, and then, then get absolutely. what a looked powder. like cocaine on your finger <laughs> and jam it into the <laughs> vagina. It was a fucking crazy process. And this like, is what it, Twitch it, is for. <laughs> I, have, I have told people this story and they're like, uh, that would have been a hard no for me. And I agree. It would have been a hard no. But I was going through this anxiety of like, Zelda feels replaced by the baby and... <laughs> I was in a weird place, guys. But so I was committed to <laughs> helping the dog, helping my dog's vagina and my daughter's vagina. And my own. I was elbow deep in vaginas. Um, I get it. It's really, worse if somebody's giving you a hard yes about this story. That's the person you <laughs> don't send a Christmas card to every year. If they're like, go on <laughs> more, more. Are there blueprints only involved? twice? You only did it <laughs> twice a day. <laughs> Sounds cool. <laughs> um, and so, but th- th- I kind of had a light at the end of the tunnel for all this. And right. I, if anybody has gone through a period where you're like, well, I just have to get through this and then I'll have that. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you sort of set up these reward systems where it's like, absolutely. This will be my first night out um, at, since having a Fine. kid and we were going to go to the premiere for The Big Sick, which Kurt was in. Great and movie. Which our good buddies wrote and mm-hmm. it's their life story so we so i was really excited for this party because i was really sort of i was oh. just putting along a lot on that i was yeah. there i was there. there it was a fun yeah. night right oh hell yeah and um you know you when you when you haven't had fun in years and you're like <laughs> 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 no, i just years. had my shit lined up like i like i went you to rent the runway night. i had a dress i i was like gonna get my hair blown out yeah like we like walked the we walked the the red carpet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah, i yeah, was yeah. like i'm telling you i was prepping for this and i was looking forward to this night yeah, for so long just were. because i'm elbow deep in vaginas you know i was like really coming from not even just human vaginas oh yeah species. every variety and um so everything was arranged, everything was planned. I felt really good about myself. I had like a sitter coming and I had pumped and I had my pump pl- packed and all the stuff. And it was about You had a blue minutes. dress on. I had a blue dress on. Thank you, Scott. It was blue. Um, I, 
I uh, about 45 minutes before the car was going to get there, which was fun because there was a car. I mean, when does that ever happen? Yeah, um, literally I, never, never. I took a little break to eat a kind bar. No. And I bit into a kind bar and my tooth <laughs> fell off. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? A front tooth? <laughs> my one of the two front a teeth fell tooth? off and in it's a it's a cap from a long time ago oh, and so when it falls off there's just shit. this tiny little stub <laughs> oh no and i was just like no 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 and you kind of pretend like oh, could i do the evening without the tooth? oh <laughs> can no. i just never oh, can i never smile for all the photos that are I about to happen really dark, yeah. oh kurt your wife looks so supportive of you being in this film <laughs> she's Emily, always surprised. congratulations oh oh <laughs> Let's see those pretty white teeth, Kurt's wife. Just not one smile, just all all scowls. Unimpressed. I called oh. my dentist and she was like, I'm not in the the office, which was walking distance from where I live. She's in North Hollywood, which like I North Hollywood is so much farther away than it it's is. like not that's not really close to Hollywood. No. Um and so I threw Olive in the car. And obviously I didn't know where I was going. So I parked like so far from where I needed to actually be. And I had one of those, you know how the babies are in where the car was seat. I you were like, get, you were doing prep stuff. You were not even yeah, on like, site. I, I was you like, were uh, nowhere was near. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, but boy. I had that thing that you put on your yeah. elbow. That's so heavy. That's like, that's the it's, baby the seat, it's the car seat, but it's the baby and it weighs a lot. It's yeah. like 50 oh, yeah. pounds. And I'm crossing four, six uh. lanes of traffic, just like uh. toothless, just begging for something. Uh. <laughs> oh, it on. Yeah. I have it. I have it. <laughs> You're holding it. <laughs> um, and oh, yeah, no. like ran in breathless, just like you gotta glue it, glue it on. <laughs> I have a dress from Rent the Runway. I have a girl, <laughs> um, and she did. She glued it on, and I made it on time. And made it was a wonderful it on time. I don't made think you told me either, and I didn't notice. So job well done to that doctor. It was a great. It was a great night. You, yeah, I will. I was like, I will not miss this motherfucking. That evening. was a great night. Everybody looked great. Man. You never know. We're all so good at just putting on faces and showing up and being in great moods. <laughs> exactly. That's I had no had idea. Do. Did you have to go back and get it refixed after that? Was that like yeah, a temporary Yeah, that was a fix? temporary. Yeah. 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 Cool. She was wonderful, though. Yeah. Oh, man, that's harrowing. Did you enjoy the movie? <laughs> were you so relieved to be at the arc light at that point that you were like, I did it. I made it. I'm free for a moment. It was kind of weird because it was like the first time we were out with like having a babysitter and being out for the evening. Yeah, it was great. It was a great night. I don't really remember much about it, but I, yes, was it, it was. Alyssa? It was very much like... What? Pardon? Who was your babysitter? Was it Alyssa, my friend? No. 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 Damn. I don't know. We. I don't remember either. No, but I do remember there was a there was a photo booth where you could take a picture with a large giraffe for some reason. Uh-huh. And it makes no sense. And it makes no sense. It still I, doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. We did a it great. Giraffe. The yeah. Movie premieres the first time you go. It's the most exciting thing in the world. Second time it's fun, and then after that you only want to go with friends. And then it's like you enjoy the movie. We all love the movie. It's fun to wave to everybody over the seats and stuff. It's a really cool experience. 
But then you go to the after parties, and if you've been to enough of them, they're fine. The fun part is it's an open bar, and there's usually random weird food rotating around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're usually pretty hungry because you started yourself to look good in your suit or your dress. And so you kind of rush to the after party, and you go right to the bar and order, like, two of everything. And then you look for the person carrying, like, the sliders on the tray. And so the first 20 minutes of an after party of a movie premiere is like just hammering two drinks and eating two or three things of food (laughs) as fast as you can. (laughs) Then you see the director, you see the writer, you see the producer, you see a couple of your friends, and then you go with your closest friends to a different bar and have a better (laughs) Yeah, That's the win. Yeah, that is the win. I was the last premiere I was at. It was the Bob's Burgers premiere. So and literally Eugene Merman, as he always does, he found the other bar at the bar we were at. (laughs) Yes. So it was at like a hotel and he just found the poolside bar that was not part of the party. Ordered a pizza, found the best pizza in Los Angeles. I wasn't there, there, I'm guessing. Like food and like, and we was just us and it was not like the craziness of the regular party. And it was like perfect. I was like, this guy, he knows how to live. Uh, He does know how to live. Scotty, send us home. Let's send us home with just a title. How about that? Let me see if I got a good one. We go a little long because it's the new year, baby. And we're just having fun. Guys, what was the name of the rooster from the first episode that I did with you? Buff Orpington. (laughs) Buff Orpington. Orpington. Good old Buff Buff. Orpington. We thought it was a person. I thought it was a person until like three days later. Oh, yeah. So did we. (laughs) Buff Orpington. Oh, Man, here we go. We'll send this into the new year and all mm-hmm. our free mini-sodes. Lauren, thanks for coming back on Bananas thanks for After having Dark. Me, guys. Scotty's in 2023 just riding a bobsled the whole oh, time. Oh, I hope, yes, I will, when this airs, you are on a bobsled. I'm currently screaming downhill behind a <laughs> silver medley, uh, Middle East. That's where we are. I'm that drunk. Uh, Andy Applegate sent this in. World's first. Ohio man diagnosed with whistling scrotum after two-year battle with hissing noise coming from his balls. No. What? <laughs> whistling? All right, give me this. I cannot believe Oh, you want to hear more? I thought we were going to I got to have it. I know. I have to hear a little bit Newshub.co.New Zealand written by somebody. Again, a uh, New Zealand story? Yeah. Well, it comes here. A man in Ohio had to have oh, both okay. of his testicles removed after he discovered they were making hissing noises. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sure it sucked. Also hilarious. Maybe not. Uh, Probably the man, blue more. The unnamed uh-huh. man. Thank you. Thank you. The unnamed <laughs> man went to a hospital complaining of discomfort and noise coming from his testicles <laughs> while... <laughs> They're talking. Man, I love I love how many weeks he was like, is it outside? Is it- <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on. <laughs> taking a wrench, all the pipes under the sink. I remember I I I, I, I did the find my phone thing recently. <laughs> And uh, I was walking into every room. I was like, it's in here. And then I walk in another room. I'm like, it's in here. And it was in my back pocket. And I like just kept, I, it took me like 15 minutes. I walked into every room. I would hit the button. I'd be like, it sounds like it's in here though. And then I, I couldn't find it. I would walk in. It was in my it's back my pocket. Scrotum. That guy definitely was just like, where is this whistling coming from? Oh, boy. <laughs> I wish it was whistling testicles. The man went to uh, the hospital complaining of discomfort and noise coming from his testicles. Scans at the hospital revealed the man's 
Lungs had filled up with too much air, and doctors had to put two plastic tubes into his throat to drain the excess air. The man was released from the hospital three days later, but had pain in his scrotum and abdomen for two more years. Oh, my Mm. God. An open wound from an earlier testicle surgery was found to be the source of the man's (laughs) discomfort, and the whistling noise was coming from his scrotum. So, wait, it was air in his chest exiting through his scrotum? Because he just had it. It was coming in through his scrotum and also out of his scrotum. Oh, boy. He was breathing through his balls. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Doctors had to remove both the man's testicles, very sad, to try to remove his problem, but they were unsure if it worked. Uh, The medical term for the man's condition is known as pneumoscrotum. (laughs) Pneumoscrotum is a term described the presence of air within the scrotum, which includes scrotal (laughs) emphysema. That's that's pneumo like P-N-E-U-M-O, right? Damn it. Why am I laughing? Uh, it's uh, This is the line that made me put it in. Dr. Brant Bickford, who contributed to the American <laughs> Journal of Bickford. Case Reports, wrote an article on the hissing saying it's unclear if the removal of the testicles helped the man's condition or not. <laughs> should not be laughing at this. That is but, what I thought. That was like a, a, oh, the first thing I was going to say, just like stitch up the hole, bro. Oh, Why man. do we got to remove all the testicles? <laughs> oh, boy. They didn't need to, I don't oh, think. Uh, so no. we'll find out if a more favorable outcome will ever be known. Since Jeez, this guy is my Bickford. banana of the week. Poor guy. Oh, he needs your banana of the week. Holy yeah. smokes. <laughs> Holy smokes. Well, oh, well thanks. thank you, folks for joining us on this I think it's the 5th of January right now something thank you for joining us Lauren what a delight to have you here a delight to be here thanks yeah. for having me guys it's what been a too great long. year join us in saying bananas on the countdown 3 2 1 Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.